See, I told you, you're already glad you came. <laughs> Today we start a, a new series called You Make Me Crazy. And remember back when we did the marriage series last fall and we had the hand motions? And um, uh, remember those? There are five of them. Well, let's practice those, see if you still remember them. Remember there was seek God, uh, fight fair, where you smile when you fight fair, have fun, uh, stay pure, and never give up. Yeah, that's good. We've got hand motions for this uh, new series, too. And uh, if all along, they are, you drive me crazy. Okay? <laughs> there you go. And those motions work best if you do them in front of a mirror. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, this is a relational health series. Because one of our purposes here at Rockbrook is we want you to be relationally fit. And uh, being relationally fit does not come naturally to us. In fact, left to ourselves, we will create unhealthy relationships. Uh, the Bible just tells us over and over again that if we do what we feel like doing naturally, uh, we will wind up in trouble. It's just, it's just the truth. There, the, throughout the Bible, there's a theme. There are two distinct ways of living. There is the world's way and there is God's way. And if you follow the world's way, it will lead to chaos and disorder and conflict, jealousy, selfishness, and that's where you wind up. God's way leads to peace, blessing, and fruitfulness. And the Bible calls the world's way foolish, and it calls God's way wise. Foolishness or wisdom, those are your two options. Now, where we are more prone to foolishness than any other area is in the area of our relationships. Uh, we foolishly treat people in ways that are really counterproductive. Uh, a lot of times we provoke people into doing the very thing that we do not want them to do. It's just the way it goes. We foolishly think that this is how I'm going to get what I need out of this relationship. But the things that you do naturally are counterproductive. Because if you do what you naturally feel like doing in a relationship, it's almost always going to be the wrong thing, and it almost always brings about the wrong result. The key to getting the right results is wisdom. Wisdom. Now, the classic passage on wisdom in our relationships is found in James chapter 3. James 3, 13 through 18 is a classic wisdom passage on relationships. It starts out with this. It says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, you'll live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds pour forth. So there's the question. Are you living a life of steady goodness where only good deeds pour forth? I mean, that's a question worth asking. You know, if, am I living a life of steady goodness? Or are some parts of my life good, but I'm also prone to disorder and chaos and conflict? You know, if your life is not a life of steady goodness, that's a sign that there are areas in your life where you're being unwise. Uh, you don't understand God's ways. And the solution, the solution is to get off of the world's way and get onto God's way. The solution is to stop being foolish and become wise. So what's this path of wisdom look like? How do I live it out in my relationships? Well, James 3.17 just lays it out for us. It says, the kind of wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality and is always sincere. 
Those who are peacemakers, okay, in relationships, those who are peacemakers plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Man, what a pathway this thing lays out for us here. And the Bible teaches that wisdom is a way of relating to other people. You know, it it has to do with what you do, not just what you think. People think wisdom is intelligence, wisdom is education, wisdom is is smarts, but the world is full of educated fools. I mean, just look around. I, I mean, you can have a brilliant scientist whose family life is a mess because he or she may be smart, but they are not wise. Wisdom shows up in how you treat other people. Now, James 3, there's some verses here, uh, uh, verses uh, 14 through 16, talk about the world's way and talk about the foolishness that happens. When we typically relate to people in a foolish manner, we get bitter, we get angry, we get resentful, we get jealous, we become selfish, we become ambitious. I mean, that's the path of foolishness. I'm not going to spend any time on those verses today because, quite frankly, you got that down, okay? If you read through that passage, I got it down, you got it down, we don't need any help there. But we need information on how do we live wisely in our relationships. James 3.18 says, Those who are peacemakers plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Every day, in every relationship, you are planting seeds. Seeds of trust or distrust, seeds of anger or peace, seeds of love and harmony, or seeds of chaos and conflict. Every day, in every relationship, you are planting seeds. And you are going to reap a harvest out of whatever kind of seeds you have planted. So the question is this. Am I planting seeds of peace? That's the key. And how do I do it? I've got to be wise. So this passage gives us six things that wise people never do in their relationships. You know, they, they, they are foolish approaches to your relationships. Look, let's look at them real quickly here. James 3.17 says that wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It it is uncorrupted. It is clean. It is clear. It's unpolluted, untainted, uncontaminated. The word we'd use today is is, uh, uh, the word integrity. Now, why is purity and integrity, why is that given first of all? Because integrity, uh, every relationship is built on trust. No trust, no relationship. And all trust is built on truth. No truth, no trust. No trust, no relationship. You know, if a guy's lying to his wife all the time, he is damaging the very foundation of their relationship. If a wife is secretive and deceptive and holding stuff back from a husband, she is damaging the very foundation of their relationship. Because honesty, integrity, truth, that is the bedrock of every relationship. Dr. Leonard Keeler invented the lie detector. And during his lifetime, he tested over 25,000 people on the lie detector. And then he wrote a book about his experiments. And he came to this conclusion. He determined that human beings are fundamentally dishonest. Okay? In other words, we all lie. Now, that is no news to the Bible because the Bible says very clearly that the heart is deceitful. I mean, that's just where we, where we are. You know, you lie to God, you lie to other people, you lie to yourself. In fact, as humans, we have an amazing capacity to con ourselves into believing things that are not true. The heart is deceitful. 
And your natural tendency is to lie. Your natural tendency is to lie to God, lie to other people, and lie to yourself. And that's why you've got to get off that path and get onto the path of wisdom. And it starts with integrity, first of all. So if I want to be wise in my relationships, write this down on your notes, I won't compromise my integrity. I won't lie to you. I will tell you the truth. Because no truth, no trust. No trust, no relationship. Okay? Proverbs 2.7 says, God grants a treasure of good sense to the godly. A treasure of good sense. That's wisdom. God grants that to the godly. He is their shield, protecting those who walk with integrity. You need a shield in your life against the crazy makers. Against those people who try to mess up your life all the time. And God says, I will give you a shield in your life against the crazy makers. But in order for me to give you that shield, you must walk with integrity. If you're going to have God's shield in your life, wisdom is first of all pure. That's where it starts. Number two, wisdom is peace-loving. Wise people are peacemakers, not troublemakers. Wise people are not always looking for a fight. Do you like a good fight? You're not wise. It's just that simple. Fools love to fight and argue. Wisdom is peace-loving. And if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't antagonize your anger. Now, I won't push your hot button intentionally. I won't egg you on. I won't provoke you to rage. But if you've been around anybody for any length of time, you know what ticks them off. You know what their triggers are. And so when you have an argument, uh, sometimes you think, well, I'll just push their hot button. That'll get them angry. That'll get them over the edge. And I'll win the argument on points. You know, but it doesn't win the argument, it only fuels it. It doesn't get you what you want. It's like a weapon of mass destruction that destroys the relationship. And the Bible calls that foolish. Because you're not helping the relationship, you are hurting it by provoking that person to rage. Proverbs 23 says, any fool can start an argument. The wise thing is to stay out of them. Don't be baited by argumentative people. Don't fall into the trap of a fool. And more importantly, don't be the fool who's setting the trap. The wise thing is to stay out of arguments. Now, there are three weapons that we use to antagonize other people's anger. There's no place for these on your outline. You just have to scrawl them in the margin somewhere. There's three things. One is comparing. Why can't you be like so-and-so? Why are you like so-and-so? You're just like your mother. Okay? Now, you know, the obvious retort to that is, you're just like your father. Okay? When, when Katie and I want, want to have a little bit of fun, we, we picture my father married to her mother. Okay? You know, if you, if you just think about that, some of you, I've lost you now because you're going to be thinking about that for the rest of the sermon. You, you know, you picture, you know, if you're the guy, picture your dad married to your mother-in-law. And whoa, yeah. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, anybody who compares is a fool. Comparing is foolish. It's not wise because comparing antagonizes anger. Number two, condemning antagonizes anger. You When you start laying all kinds of condemnation, all kinds of guilt on a relationship, you're not going to get what you expect. You're going to get the exact opposite. Because condemning 
does not bring remorse and life change. Condemning provokes anger. Ladies, you especially need to know this. I just need to give you this, this little tip. Every man is fighting his own conscience all the time. Whether he realizes it or not, every man, just the way he's wired up, every man is fighting his own conscience all the time. Now, when you step into his life and you want to become a man's conscience for him, then that anger, that frustration, that conflict with his own conscience, he turns it all on you. Is that what you want? No, you don't want that. You don't want that. Don't try to be someone else's conscience. You should, you must, you ought, you need to, you shouldn't, you always, you never. I mean, all you're doing when you do that is you take that guy's conflict with his own conscience and you turn the fight toward you. doesn't bring remorse and life change. In fact, it backfires and it brings conflict. Comparing, condemning, third thing, contradicting. Contradicting makes people angry. You, you ever watch uh, uh, spouses and one of them is telling a story and all the way through the story that the spouse is correcting and contradicting everything they say. I mean, it's just so irritating. I mean, if you're wise, don't sweat the small stuff. Listen, nobody who's hearing the story really cares whether it happened on Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay? The only person who cares about that is the spouse who's contradicting and correcting. You know, uh, w William James, famous psychologist, said, wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. And uh, there, there's stuff you just need to overlook. That's the path of wisdom. Proverbs 14, 29, the wise man controls his temper. He knows that anger causes mistakes. See, when you become angry in a relationship or when you provoke someone else to anger in a relationship, you, you are damaging that relationship because when, when you get angry, when other people get angry, studies show that you actually lose IQ points when you get angry. Seriously, when you get angry, you lose IQ points. And listen, folks, most of us do not have IQ points to spare. Okay? <laughs> We need every IQ point we've got. We can't afford to lose any in anger. And, and when you get angry, you say and do self-defeating things. There's only one letter difference between anger and danger. And when you become move to anger, you are moving into dangerous territory. So if I'm wise, I won't antagonize your anger. And if I'm wise, I will seek to control my own anger. There is no relational profit in rage. None. Okay? Number three, wisdom is gentle all the time. Now, what does gentle mean? Well, the Living Bible says courteous. The New International Version says considerate. Philippians 4, 5 says, Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. You are considerate in all you do. Now, I was bo bothered a little bit by that phrase, in all you do. And so I looked it up in the Greek, and, and sure enough, I discovered that when it says, be considerate in all you do, that Greek phrase, in all you do, it actually means, in all you do. <laughs> Does that mean that I have to be considerate when someone is being inconsiderate to me? Yes. Do I have to be courteous when someone is being rude to me? Yes. Do I have to be a gentleman or a gentle lady all the time? 
Yes, that's what it's saying. Why? Because being considerate is the antidote to two of the crucial relational mistakes that we make. There are two mistakes that we make in our relationships, and, and being considerate is the antidote to them. The first one is, is we react to what people say and we ignore how they feel. We pay too much attention to their words and not enough attention to how they feel. And if you're wise, you won't nitpick the words that people say because people say stuff when they're angry that they don't mean. They use words that they don't intend to use. They exaggerate. They overstate their case. And you need to look behind the words and look at the emotion. Because people don't always say what they mean, but they always feel what they feel. So don't nitpick the words trying to win the argument. Instead, listen to the emotions so you can build the relationship. That's the difference. If you're wise in a relationship, you're going to stop focusing on, on what your kids or your spouse or what your boss said. Stop, stop trying to catch them on the details and look beyond their emotion. What are they feeling and why are they feeling it? That's what wise, considerate people do. Romans 15.2, we must be considerate of the doubts and the fears of others. Let's please the other person, not ourselves, in doing what's good for him and builds him up. See that? When we react to what people say and ignore the way they feel, we tear them down instead of building them up. But when we're considerate, we won't do that. Number two, the other mistake we make is, is we invalidate any feelings that we don't feel ourselves. If I don't feel what you feel, then your feelings must be invalid. I mean, it's irrational, it's illogical, it doesn't make any sense for you to feel that because I don't feel it. That is not wise. That's not considerate. It's foolish. You ever played this game? I'm afraid. No, you're not. Yes, I'm scared. You shouldn't be. I I I'm afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. See what's going on there? You, you start arguing over something that is a feeling, not a fact. I mean, can someone be afraid and someone else not be afraid at the same time? Yes. You know, it's a feeling. It's not a fact. So why are you arguing about it? I mean, somebody says, I'm afraid, and you respond, well, don't be. You know, I, I'm scared to death. And you say, well, don't feel that way. You are minimizing the other person. When we invalidate other people's feelings because we don't feel it, we minimize that person. And to just dismiss their feelings is not helpful. You need to ask, why do you feel that way? Look beyond the words, look beyond the emotion, and get to what the real issue is. If you don't get anything else today, get this one. Feelings are neither right nor wrong. They're just feelings. Feelings are not facts. They're, they're just feelings. So you don't need to argue about feelings. If I feel something, I shouldn't have to defend it. If you feel something, you shouldn't have to defend it. When you try to convince people that their feelings are wrong, you're going to lose that one, and it'll destroy a relationship. So if I want to be wise, I won't minimize your feelings. Proverbs 15:4. Kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. And when you're dismissing or minimizing somebody's spirits, you are crushing their spirit. And another game we play is, you know, a spouse will come home and we play the game, my day was worse than your day. Okay, you ever fall into that one? 
you know, they come home, they start telling you all the bad things that happened to them, and then instead of just sympathizing with them, uh, you start, well, you think you had problems, and then you start in uh, trying to convince them that you had it worse than they did. Uh, that is not helping the relationship. In, in fact, it's, it's not wise, because wisdom is gentle. Wisdom is considerate. I mean, is it possible you both had a tough day? Yes. You know, can you be considerate of their tough day without having to top it? Yes. You know, stop minimizing other people's feelings. Let them feel what they feel without minimizing it. You know, if, let them feel tired when they're tired. Don't try to talk them out of it or tell them, convince them you're tireder than they are. You know, let them be depressed when they're depressed. Don't try to talk them out of it. Let them feel angry or alone or scared. Don't try to talk them out of it. Number four, wisdom is willing to yield to others. Wisdom is open to reason. It allows for discussion. It's not stubborn. It's not defensive. It's willing to yield. How do you know if you have this quality in your life? The question is, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to learn from other people? You know, if I ask you, are you a reasonable person? Most of you say, oh yes, I am a reasonable person. Well, how do you know you're reasonable? I mean, think about this. If you were unreasonable, you wouldn't know you were unreasonable because you're unreasonable, okay? I mean, you wouldn't know it. Some of you will get that on the way home. But, but how do you know if you're a reasonable person? Well, one of the ways is, is do you listen to other people? Can you disagree with someone? Can someone else disagree with you? Uh, can they reason with you? That, that's how you know if you're reasonable. And too often we struggle with oversensitivity to other people's suggestions. But if, I'm, if I want to be wise, I won't criticize your suggestions. I can learn from anyone, anytime. Now here's something that God is going to do in your life. does it in my life, he'll do it in yours. There are going to be people in your life, often the most irritating people in your life. You know, that person in your family that is wrong about everything, that person at the office, that person at work, the, the one that just drives you crazy, sometimes they are going to have a good suggestion for your life. That's just what's going to happen. Sometimes they're going to have a good suggestion for your life. And the question is, can you learn from them? Proverbs 18. Intelligent people are always open to new ideas. In fact, they look for them. Anywhere and everywhere, they look for new ideas, even from the people who drive them crazy. Well, what if they have a bad idea? Well, you do the same thing with their bad ideas that you do with your bad ideas. You know, you get an idea, and it's a good idea, you use it. You get an idea, and it's a bad idea, you just ignore it. You do the same thing with their ideas. Stop wasting your life trying to prove that every bad idea is a bad idea. You don't have to do that. Just take the good ideas and implement them. You don't have to criticize every suggestion. Number five, wisdom is full of mercy and good deeds. If I'm going to be wise, I'm going to maximize mercy in my relationships. I mean, it is just wise to cut people slack when they mess up. Who is the wisest person in the universe? God. Who is the most merciful person in the universe? God. Think there might be a connection there? You know, fools are judgmental. Wise people are merciful. 
You know, when I start judging you, I'm being foolish. When I'm merciful to you, I'm being like God, and that's wise. It's wise to give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, God doesn't give me what I deserve. He gives me what I need. If God gave me what I deserve, I wouldn't be here. If God gave you what you deserve, you wouldn't be here. God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need, and that's mercy. And the Bible says that's wise. So, if I want to be wise, I won't emphasize your mistakes. You know, wise people don't rub it in. They rub it out uh, because wise people are merciful. So how do you rate on mercy? You know, do you jump on every fault or blunder or misstep? Are you always pointing out every error, every mistake, every misspoken word? Do you, you continually bring up uh, the past? Proverbs 17.9 says, Love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them parts even the best of friends. I mean, just think about that person who's closest to you in your life. I mean, even though you love them, there are things they do that bug you. There are things they do that really, really bug you. It's foolish to hold on to those. Let them go. Wisdom is full of mercy. Number six, wisdom is impartial and always sincere. Now, the words here for for being impartial and being sincere, they come from uh, the same Greek root as the word hypocrite. It's interesting. Uh, Hypocrite was actually a Greek theater term. Uh, The Greeks invented theater. They invented drama and comedy and tragedies. Plato, Socrates, all those guys wrote famous plays. And in Greek theater, one actor would often play many parts. Uh, He'd come out wearing a mask, And he would say the lines for that character. And then he would go behind uh, the curtain and come back out wearing a different mask, and now he's he's this character. So one actor would often play many roles through the course uh, of a play. Uh, Sort of like Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor, you know, where he played all those different roles. About four of you got that one. Okay. The, The word in Greek for that person was hypocrite. Hypocrite means he wears a mask. It means he is playing a role. He is pretending to be someone he is not. That's what it means to be a hypocrite. And these words here, that wisdom is impartial and sincere, they come from that root, but they are the exact opposite of what it means to be a hypocrite. Instead, wisdom means you are the real deal. Uh, Today we would say you are authentic. And so if I want to be wise in my relationships, I won't disguise my intentions. I won't wear a mask. I won't fake it. I won't pretend. I won't try to be somebody that I'm not. I won't lie to you. I won't trick you. The the point is, fools are fakes. Fools are fakes. Wise people are authentic, impartial, sincere. Proverbs 12, 17, A good man is known by his truthfulness a false man by deceit and lies. Which one are you? Let's review. How wise are you in your relationships? Do you ever compromise your purity and your integrity? Uh, Do you antagonize other people's anger by pushing their hot buttons? Do you minimize their feelings? Do you criticize suggestions? Uh, Do you emphasize mistakes? Do you disguise your intentions? 
You know, if, if you don't learn some godly wisdom, you're going to make the same relational mistakes over and over. You're not going to get what you want out of your relationships. You're not going to have an intimate, satisfying relationship that God intends for you to have. Instead, you're going to have the kind of relationship that's based on foolishness. And that just doesn't work. So how do I get the wisdom that I need to stop making foolish mistakes in my relationships? Well, there's only two places that you get wisdom. You get wisdom from God, and you get wisdom from doing what God says to do in his word. That's where wisdom comes from. You get it from God, and you get it from doing what God says to do in his word. Now, you can get intelligence, you can get facts, you can get information, you can get smart from other sources. But God is the source of wisdom. You know, knowing God and doing what he says to do in his word. And the Bible is full of, of relational wisdom for you. And if you'll stick with me over the next few weeks, we're going to revolutionize your relationships. We're going to pour God's wisdom into your relationships. But it's gonna, only going to work if you do it. If you do it. Now, it's foundational that you can't know the word of God until you know the Lord God. Uh, Psalm 11.10 says, respect for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I mean, you want wisdom in your relationships? You've got to start with the relationship with the Lord. That's where it begins. Colossians 2.3 says, Jesus is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. Jesus Christ is the key to God's wisdom and knowledge. Are you connected with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Let's pray together. And I just want to help you today just to get connected with Christ, get that relationship established with Him so it can affect all your other relationships. And if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, I'd encourage you right now, just, just in the quietness of your own heart and mind, just say, Jesus, forgive me for all my foolishness. Forgive me for pursuing the wrong path and help me to set that aside and move to the path of wisdom. Lord, I want you to lead and guide my life. Just pray, Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that you want me to be wise, not foolish in my relationships. And I just pray that you'd help me to heal my bad relationships, help me to learn how to deal with the crazy makers in my life so that I can live a life of steady goodness and bear good fruit. Lord, it, it, today it starts with, with this prayer. Just, Jesus, help me not to compromise my integrity, not to antagonize people's anger, not to minimize people's feelings, not to criticize people's suggestions, not to emphasize their mistakes. Help me not to disguise who I really am. Lord, help me to be authentic and genuine. Help me to walk in your wisdom with everyone I meet. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.